Welcome to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Stratfor, part of the RAIN Network. I'm Emily Donahue. In this podcast, I'm speaking with Michael Monderer, Stratfor Senior Analyst for Global Economics. We're talking about the increasing tension between the United States and China over U.S.-imposed sanctions following a new national security law imposed on Hong Kong. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Emily. I'm glad to be here. So what actions did President Trump announce with respect to Hong Kong and why? Well, the president, what the president did was he withdrew recognition of Hong Kong as being a separate entity from China. Um, that was based on the policy of one country, two systems, under which Hong Kong, while formerly a part of China, had retained independent governance in a market economy. That situation existed since 1997 when the UK gave back sovereignty over Hong Kong to China, and it was legalized in China's basic law that effectively made made the uh, the city autonomous. Since then, well, since very recently, na- passage of national security legislation by China that's intended to clamp down on dissidents and free speech in Hong Kong effectively ended that autonomy and it makes Hong Kong more directly subject to Chinese law. So Secretary of State Mike Pompeo withdrew certification from Hong Kong as a, as being separate from, China's, from China. And under a law that the president signed on July 14th, um, it provided for sanctions against people or entities that are seen as usurping Hong Kong democracy. It seems kind of like a double message, right? So it revoked Hong Kong's special status, but then it imposed sanctions. Well, it's not sanctions on Chinese business. It um, it allows the the president, through the uh, Secretary of State and the Secretary of Treasury, to uh, to impose sanctions on individuals or entities that are involved in uh, in acting against Hong Kong democracy or stifling free speech. It's fairly open as to, as to what they're able to do. And the Secretary of State has 90 days to, to come up with a list of people and organizations. And then within 60 days after that, the Secretary of the Treasury comes up with a list of sanctions to be applied. So what will the U.S. do now? Well, that's still a bit unclear. Um, immediately, we know that the president in his uh, Rose Garden press conference abrogated special tariff treatment for Hong Kong and that exports that are produced in Hong Kong, not those that are transshipped through Hong Kong, but exports that are that are actually made there and imported by the U.S. are now subject to the same treatment as U.S. imports from the mainland. As you know, we're, we're, there are there are tariffs, special tariffs on all Chinese exports to the U.S., um, in addition, the U.S. is no longer giving preferential separate treatment to people traveling on Hong Kong passports. They will be treated the same as Chinese passports. Uh, the U.S. also rescinded an extradition treaty with Hong Kong, and it stopped arms sales to the Hong Kong police. In the longer term, as I said earlier, the Secretary of State has to identify individuals and entities that are interfering in Hong Kong's democracy and the Treasury Secretary will sanction those individuals and may prevent them from being from entering the U.S. And even more importantly, the Treasury may apply secondary sanctions to financial institutions that are doing business with those people, including preventing banks that are doing business with those people and entities 
from using U.S. payment settlement and clearing processes. Well, that should probably have an implication for the Hong Kong dollar U.S. dollar peg. I'm imagining so. Not immediately, actually. The um, the White House had had toyed with the idea of trying to break the link between the Hong Kong dollar and the U.S. dollar. Um, there were several leaks out of the White House in the last few weeks and out of the State Department that they were going to do that. Um, but it's not affected directly. The, um, the fact is that uh, Hong Kong doesn't actually depend on the U.S. to give it permission to use to link its currency to the dollar. Um, and it has it's had a rigid link to the dollar for the last 36 years that, in addition to the legal status of Hong Kong, very much underlies its status as a global financial center. Um, what it does effectively is it, it removes exchange risk from dealing in Hong Kong dollars. And it's helped to make Hong Kong the one of the four top um, global foreign exchange um, centers in the world. And it's also the fourth largest equity market globally as a conduit for investment into and out of China. So, the Trump administration seems to have realized that breaking the link between the Hong Kong dollar and the U.S. dollar, at least for now, would have been equivalent to shooting U.S. business in the foot. It also would have been a sort of nuclear option in relations with China. It probably would have endangered the U.S. trade agreement, the phase one trade agreement the president negotiated. And it would have endangered the global financial system just because of the size of uh, the Hong Kong market. So... The result was that, and if I can continue the nuclear sort of metaphor, it would have been a sort of like mutually assured destruction at a time when the global financial system and the global economy all are already having problems. Well, that's a lot to take in, and that's a lot to look forward to. Michael, thank you so much for that guidance. You're welcome, Emily. Happy to do it. Michael Monderer is Stratfor's Senior Analyst for Global Economics. He monitors issues related to country and political risk, including fiscal and monetary policies for Stratfor Worldview. You can read his geopolitical forecasts and analysis at Stratfor. Podcast listeners get a special subscription rate. Go to stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's all one word, stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.